0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, as always, Ryan Fowler, and welcome into a recap of week 11. Just ugly. Ugly, unfortunate, frustrating, disappointing. All of the adjectives that you could use to describe the commander's effort, if you want to call it that, lack of execution everything, um, was a complete shame against the New York Giants yesterday at FedEx Field. They're now 0-4 in the division. They're also 4-7 through 11 weeks. 31-19 loss at the hands of the Tommy DeVito-led New York Giants. Now, this is not going to be an episode if you wanted to hear me rant and rave and yell and be frustrated. Well, there's plenty of episodes in the past that you can go to and, and, and look at over the last couple of years that I've had this podcast. Um, but at the end of the day, guys, there's things to talk about. There's things to discuss, obviously. But it's just really unfortunate. So yesterday, Joe Theismann, John Riggins back at FedEx Field for the first time in a couple of years. And the bringing gold comes out and completely craps the bed. I don't know what the immediate steps are forward. I will tell you that yesterday's loss is an absolutely fireable offense. Jack Del Rio, from a defensive perspective, should have had his headset taken long ago. There is nothing shown on the defensive side of the football. If you're thinking about, oh great, well they got nine sacks, it's an empty stat, guys. What about the consistent 3rd-and-10s, 3rd-and-13s, 3rd-and-8s, 3rd-and-9s given up to Tommy DeVito? Now, at the end of the day, the guy's an NFL quarterback. I talked about it during the pregame podcast that the Giants brass, GM Joe Shane, believed that Tommy DeVito could be their emergency QB3 at a pinch and come in and try to lead them to a win. But I talked about also on Friday that if Washington allowed more than 15 or 20 points, it's completely inexcusable. Then they allow 31. Specifically, the second and third level of Washington's defense is a complete turnstile. There's n- n- nobody has a single idea what they're doing in coverage, who's passing off to who, their responsibilities in man or zone. I will give a credit to guys like KJ Henry, to David Mayo, and to Percy Butler in that football game. I thought they played well. Specifically, KJ, who got his technically first career NFL sack, should have been his second after the one called back against New England a few weeks ago. David Mayo is Washington's best linebacker. Take that in for a second. You guys have heard me talk about David Mayo, and the limitations are still there. But I'm just asking guys at this point to show up and show some type of effort, a willingness to strap up and make tackles, fit the run, try to cover somebody. David Mayo is a below-average linebacker in this NFL in 2023. But he is Washington's best linebacker. Jamin Davis, at this point, guys, was he abysmal yesterday? No, but he's below average, and he continues to be below average. As a first-round pick, it's unacceptable, because this is what? It's year three. It's abysmal. And again, number 51, David Mayo. What I saw from him yesterday, both attacking the quarterback, fitting the run, trying to make plays in the fringe areas of the defense. I enjoyed watching. Somebody actually trying. It was embarrassing. It's flat out embarrassing at home. I don't don't know how Josh Harris, Magic Johnson, right? The ownership group. How they take this level of mediocrity for much longer. Now some things were bounced around on social media as far as, well, Ron will probably keep his job because it's a short week. Guys, this is year four, moving into week 12. Who cares that it's a short week? You're trying to win football games now. You're trying to set your team up, not just for 2023, when we were talking about this in the spring and summer, but in 2024, 25, and 26, with Sam Howell and Eric Bieniemy as your offensive coordinator. Was the offense perfect yesterday? Absolutely not. Washington turned the ball over and Six times. Six times. New York had zero turnovers. What was a major focal point of the Washington offseason? Win the turnover margin. Minus six in the turnover margin yesterday. Minus six. Including a late pick six that was ugly from Sam Howell. Trying to throw out of bounds. There was a lot of hero ball from Sam Howell yesterday. Trying to make plays. Trying to chase the football game. And trying to force throws into windows that simply weren't there. Because New York did have talent in their second and third levels of the defense. And we saw it all day long. Punching out the football, interceptions, PBUs, getting after the quarterback. Charles Leno makes Kayvon Thibodeau look like Lawrence Taylor every time he faces him. Now that's an issue we'll get to moving down the line. Because the tackle spot still has not been good for Washington all year long. Andrew Wiley's been better the last month and a half of the season. But Charles Leno continues to be below average. As Sam Howell's blindside protectant. That is something that has to be addressed. Moving into 24. But now you're 4-7. and seven, And you look in the immediate horizon before going on the bye week. You visit Dallas on Thursday. On a national broadcast. And then you host the Miami Dolphins. I don't know. I I have no expectations for this football team anymore. And it frustrated me, personally, watching that game yesterday to where it's just almost you expected it. You're not frustrated. You're not mad. You're not raising your voice at the TV. really pissed off because you're expecting more. The entire game, walked off the bus and you felt like you were down 10. They made Tommy DeVito look like Eli Manning, look like Phil Simms. Of the past, Giants offenses way in the past. DeVito, 18 for 26, 246 yards and three touchdowns. A 137.7 quarterback rating. It's the best quarterback rating anybody's had against Washington all year long. All year long. The Giants didn't have a single rushing yard with less than a minute to go. In the third quarter, Saquon Barkley ended up with 83 yards on 6 yards of carry, including his longest run of the day was 36 yards, immediately after a Chris Rodriguez fumble. A series to where Chris and Brian Robinson were running the ball well, and then they turn it over again, shooting themselves in the foot. But that's discipline, that's execution, and that comes down to, at the end of the day, Ron Rivera is not suiting up. He is not in uniform. But that type of discipline, that type of execution, is an expectation that you set on your players. And six turnovers, I get it, it's the players. But it also shows me a lack of anything, lack of execution and attention to detail. Offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball, special teams, everything. There's a finger to blame to every single phase of the game yesterday. Ron Rivera does not deserve to be in Washington. There were conversations in years past as far as who is Ron Rivera actually as a coach? Because when he was in Carolina, he was riding the coattails of Cam Newton. When he didn't have Cam Newton, who was Ron Rivera as a coach? He's a below average coach that cannot get the best out of his football players and prepare a team to compete every week against differentiating skill sets. That is Ron Rivera. That is what he's proven to be in Carolina. And in Washington, because this again is year four. It is not year two. This is not 2021. This is 2023. In week 12 for an organization in Washington that hasn't had any sort of consistency above mediocrity in a long time, in decades, a handful of years here or there. Kirk Cousins here and there, RG3 in 2012. That's it. That's it. It's a shame. It's flat out embarrassing. Washington is now just one game separating them from the basement of the NFC East with the Giants. The Giants look like a team that wanted to play football yesterday. They're not talented. They're not. They have a lot of holes on their roster. Darius Slayton... Yesterday, after scoring that touchdown, went out in that ball game. Saquon Barkley was their 2nd leading receiver. Four catches, 57 yards, two touchdowns. Wheel route against Jamin Davis. Now, Jamin Davis' one-on-one in man coverage is ugly. Tired of seeing 52 turning his back and trying to run after tight ends, running backs, receiver. doesn't matter. In the fringe areas of the defense, he can't cover to save his life. Flat out. He can barely fit the run. How the hell is he going to cover Saquon Barkley? Bottom line, about Jamin Davis right now. But they forced the ball to Saquon. That was the game plan. We knew that was the game plan. At least we did. At least you guys did listen to the pod. You guys know who Saquon Barkley is. You know the type of athlete he is. They wanted to get him involved, and they did. Two receiving touchdowns. Washington didn't do anything to try to counter it. Didn't put a safety on him. Didn't put a guy like Quan Martin on him. I don't know how they utilize Quan Martin or what they think about using him as. What is he? A hybrid safety? Is he a box linebacker? What is he? Is he a slot corner? Does he just want to live out the nickel spot? He's not a perimeter guy. He's not a high post safety that we've seen from Percy Butler playing center field at times. What is he for this defense? Because when they drafted him in the second round, I envisioned them to use them Like Brian Branch. Because from what I heard out of Washington is that their focus was grabbing a guy like Brian Branch if he was there following the first round. And he wasn't. Highly talented player out of Alabama that's had a hell of a start to his career in Detroit. No surprise. But Quan Martin had a similar type of skill set. Similar. But not the same type of ball player. But through 11 weeks... He's just kind of out there. And maybe once or twice a game, he'll pop up. Kind of the same what we said with Emmanuel Forbes. And really, what we've said from this entire rookie class all year long. That is what we've had from this rookie class. I'm trying to pick positives. Again, I mentioned KJ Henry, David Mayo, and Percy Butler. I like what I saw from them defensively. The sacks don't mean jack shit to me, guys. They don't mean shit. I don't care. Because when you're giving up Third and 10s to Tommy DeVito on your first drive, they had basically a sack or two a series. But you're continuing to get first down after first down after first down, field goal, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. Sacks don't matter. On high leverage downs, third down and five or more, they consistently allowed them to make plays. Consistently. I don't know what they do in practice, meeting rooms weight room, I don't know. Because John Allen made a great play start the game off. TFL in the backfield, love to see it. Hey, maybe Washington's showing up. Hey, maybe John Allen's showing up. Maybe he's just more than a pregame speech right now. I thought now Allen and Payne did a decent job yesterday afternoon. But 31 points to this offense, I don't know how they let Jack Del Rio back on the bus, guys. You have to have an expectation as an an organization and a certain leash to guys in their position. And what they are tasked to do of getting grown men ready to play unique offenses every week. Because this is not the Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor-led Giants offense. This is Tommy DeVito. Did they watch his tape at Syracuse, Illinois? Or watch what he did last week at Dallas? Because he wasn't terrible at Dallas, by the way. Dallas was obviously running a lot of pre in that second half, taking everything underneath, so his numbers were inflated a little bit. But he's in the NFL, again, for a reason, guys. And Washington's defense consistently has been historically bad. And, guys, we're still in Week 11. Well, we were in Week 11 yesterday. We're now in Week 12, trying to move on to Week 12. But you have the Dallas Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins coming into town. Specifically, when I look... At the matchup with Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks against Washington Secondary. And Tua Tonga-Vailoa with Jalen Waddell and, of course, Tyree Kill. I mean, guys, buckle up. This may be the start of it. And we've already been through it. Next week's game, Thursday. I'm going to have a podcast out for you. I said Tuesday. I'm going to make it Wednesday. See if there's any changes up top for Washington. I don't I can't I do not care that it's a short week. You have to have an expectation set for what you want, offensively, defensively, special teams. The offense has taken steps this year. It's what we wanted to see. The rookie hiccups, really, from Sam Howell. Saw it yesterday. Can't have it. Flat out. But at the end of the day, this defense is not even giving the offense a chance to win a football game. And the talent and the names that Washington has specifically in the second to third level additions that they've made the last few years in the draft and in free agency. Those are the guys that are Ron Rivera's guys, Jack Del Rio's guys, Martin Mayhew's guys. It's a shame. I have notes here from the game. And it's funny, as I start out here in the first quarter, I got notes, a little note, 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 and then as it gets slowly towards the middle portions to the back end of the game, there's fewer and fewer notes just to where you're throwing up your hands and you go, what is actually going on? What is the Washington Commanders franchise right now? Because we've been chasing 500 football for now four straight years with Ron Rivera, and if that's the expectation then I can do that in my sleep. Sign me up. I'll come in. I can wear a headset and clap at the beginning of the start of the the game before kickoff and just stand there and look cute. I can do that. That's That's the extent of what we've seen from Ron Rivera. That's what we've seen. That's what we've come to expect. There is no fire from this team. The only fire that I have seen was in the summer training camp at Eric Bieniemy yelling out the offensive players to get in formation, their alignments, to understand their assignments. At this point, I'm handing the keys to Eric Bieniemy. For those that are hung up on yesterday from an offensive perspective and still think that Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell aren't the guy, guys, you got to reevaluate how you look at the game of football. Flat out. Flat out. He's done a really nice job with Sam's progression this year. And Sam is the guy in Washington. And that effort on that rushing touchdown that he had, by the way, guys, I'm going to war with a guy like that every single day of the damn week. He got rocked off the sideline, and that's when Curtis Samuel got ejected. So another game, after missing Curtis last week in Seattle, he doesn't make it out of the first half. So two straight weeks where Washington's had a guy, key player on offensive or defense, right? Last week with Emmanuel Forbes, this week with Curtis Samuel, getting ejected within the first half of a ball game. At least he made out of the first quarter like Emmanuel didn't last week. So I guess that's a a notch in the hat for him. But he didn't make it out of the first quarter. But again, he's standing up first quarterback and and I like that. So was Charles Leno and I like that. But that effort alone from Sam Howell on that rushing touchdown was a hell of an effort. And he's tough as nails. And he competes and and he at least battles his ass off every week. It's not perfect. You cannot expect him to be perfect. The numbers are great. There's a lot of numbers that aren't great. The sacks, of course, and the interceptions. That stuff is not great. We're not asking him to score 30-plus points a game. But with the experienced players that you have on this defense, at all levels, you enter 2023 after the success that we saw from this defense last year to at least put Washington in a position to win come the fourth quarter of ball games this fall. And they haven't consistently. Guys, they are 0-4 in the division. 0-4. It's really embarrassing. I, I I, feel sorry for you guys. If you were out of FedEx Field yesterday, tip of the cap to you. I don't know. I don't know, guys. Entering week 11, the Giants were outscored, guys, 259-104. to in games not against Washington. In the two matchups this year, New York outscored Washington 45-26. to 26. Think about that. They scored 104 points in their other weeks against every other team but Washington. And they scored 45 in two games against Washington. That's nearly 50% of the production that they had against all all other teams in their other weeks. That is abysmal, abysmal football. And there's no way you can look at this roster right now. And they come in today for work in Ashburn and look at the calendar and say they have Dallas and Miami coming up and they're excited to play. Ron Rivera is not getting this football team excited, prepped, interested to play. Effort is not there, let alone execution. It's not there. At any level. I want to go through a few notes here in the game because I do want to focus on football and not just make this about the immediate future of Washington. Because if I'm Josh Harris and I am Mitchell Rails and I am Magic Johnson and I am Martin Mayhew, I guess, if he has that authority, I'm making changes. I'm moving Eric Biennemi to interim head coach for the rest of the year and see what you got. See what type of effort you get. I'm not asking him to win every game. He's controlling the offense well. You keep him with Sam Howell hip-to-hip and allow them to continue to develop. And then potentially move into 2024. You make one of the, the positional coaches call defensive plays if you have to. So again, get rid of Rivera. Let him go. And and Del Rio deserved to go a long time ago. Talked about that a lot. Deserved to go a long time ago. Week 12 Week 11, excuse me, of his fourth year, too damn much, guys. Too freaking damn much. Pain in the ass at this point. Get him out. But Eric Banning, moved to interim head coach, and you move into 2024, and you get a young, hungry, physical, blow through your chin strap, I'm going to attack you every single down type of defensive coordinator. Because that's what we've seen from Wink Martindale, a guy in the Giants, the Giants defensive coordinator. Now, you guys know the name. He gets after people. Brian Flores with the Vikings. He gets after people. Now, you watch that Sunday night football game in certain scenarios where they shouldn't have blitzed. right? That's a whole other conversation. That's a Vikings conversation against the Broncos last night. Not going to get into that. But Washington, with the players that they have and the capital that they've used to get these players, has it been the right capital to use on certain players? I'll leave my scouting takes for another time. You guys, you guys know every single draft of players that I like. If you follow me on Twitter at underscore Ryan Fowler, you can hear all of my scouting takes. Guys that are standing out, not from my just my perspective, the league's perspective. I watch these guys on tape. Can these guys play? Can these guys not? Do they fit into Washington's scheme? Do they not? Flat out. So that's a whole another question as far as who Washington is scouting, who are they prioritizing, and who they want to draft. But you build to the draft, right? And you added two pieces in your secondary in the top 50 picks, and they haven't done shit. First two picks in this draft haven't done anything for you this year, except for one pick from Emmanuel Forbes in early portions of this year. That's it. That's the extent, in my opinion. Again, moral victories on certain guys for certain plays, they don't exist in the NFL. Either you show up or you don't. But for me, from a defensive perspective, defense is getting after somebody. Aggressive, physical, make sure you that offense knows when they get their ass on the field that you're going to be buckled up or we're going to knock your damn chin strap off. And it's so damn frustrating watching this football team be soft as shit every single week against a UDFA quarterback from freaking Illinois. Come in and light you up like he's Tom Brady. But yet you're walking to the middle of the field and you're swapping jerseys with guys and you're seeing your old college teammates and you're dapping up everybody. Oh, because you got your million dollar check sitting on your seat when you go into work tomorrow morning. Those days of guys really just hungry football players. I didn't think to old Washington guys. I love watching Sean Taylor suit up. I love watching Chris Hamburger. Guys of the past that wanted to get after people. Dexter Manley. Hell, even Ryan Kerrigan. He wanted to get after people. London Fletcher. One of the most, if not the most, underrated defensive players in NFL history, in my opinion. Not just because he was a Washington commander. Because he had years with the Rams as well. Just wanted to get after you. Put you in the dirt Take your lunch money and let you know about it. And embarrass you in front of your family. In front of a national TV audience. I want 11 guys in the football field that I want to hunt people. This is not chess. Or volleyball. Or water polo. This is football. Where it is legalized assault on somebody else. You have to show up and hit the shit out of people. I'm not asking you to be the stickiest man corner. I'm not asking you to be Lawrence Taylor off the edge. I'm not asking you to be Luke Keekly or Fred Warner or Bobby Wagner in the middle of a defense where you're wearing the green dot and you can cover hash to hash. You can run sideline to sideline. You can blitz like an elite defensive end. I'm not asking any of Washington's guys to do that. And it's why David Mayo stood out to me specifically yesterday, because he wanted to show up and at least hit. That is the bare minimum of what you should ask a defensive player to do, is to hit. But there is a mentality that you have to set and have with your guys every day of the week. When their first day of off-season workouts come in, you set that narrative. That people know when they play Washington that they're going to have to wear maybe an extra t shirt under their jersey or an extra layer of padding because they're going to feel it when they come off the football field. No matter if you win or lose. But defense is where you can go after somebody and take their will from somebody else. That is defense. It is not sitting back and letting yourself get blocked. It is not letting a wide receiver run by you and you have no clue what to do in coverage and just, oh, I'm going to mosey down and jog and let the guy score a 50-yard touchdown over my head. Or run by the quarterback on a safety blitz. You lift that quarterback off his feet and you put him in the dirt. Early in that ballgame, roughing, roughing the passer penalty or not. You let that kid know that he is going to have his ass hit all day long. And we're going to be here all day long. And it's not just saying it in the huddle. Not a John Allen pregame speech. It's showing up and doing it. When the clock is running. It's like a baseball analogy where they talk about four o'clock hitters. Oh, that guy's a four o'clock hitter. Meaning all he does is hit homers in BP. Yeah, he's fun to watch at four o'clock. Oh, when seven o'clock runs around, he can't hit shit. There's a lot of 4 o'clock hitters on Washington's defense right now. Meaning there's a lot of talk. There's some athletes. There's some names. There's some guys that can play. But when it really matters, I'm not seeing it. At all. The physicality, this football team, and it's the worst thing to be called, is S-O-F-T. Soft. In capital letters. Soft. Soft as anything you've ever felt, soft. Under Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera, this defense from the trenches back is soft as shit. And it's sad. Because there are athletes. There are some damn good football players on Washington's defense. But the thought process, the willingness to give effort and execute, not asking to be Sean Taylor and blow everybody up. Not asking that but have some sort of accountability as a defensive player, one of the 11 on the football field, to at least show some sort of fire, physicality, ability, in coverage and encountering the run to improve or show any sort of consistency week to week. It's not there. Flat out not there. So, I'm really not going to get into these notes. I have notes here. I'm just not I'm not going to get into them. You know, two, two turnovers in the first quarter. Uh, the DeVito to Barkley touchdown over Jamin Davis was New York's first touchdown in the first quarter all year long. That's embarrassing. Yeah, still have no rushing yards with 45 seconds left in the third quarter, and they still had the lead. Uh, first win for New York in their history, their franchise, after allowing nine or more sacks. I mean, guys, it's just all types of stuff, man. It's changes have absolutely, they got to come. They got to happen. It's just, and I'm not the guy to raise a pitchforks. I'm trying to approach this with a calculated mindset for you guys. But changes are absolutely needed because this football team is not improving. If anything, they're getting worse. And it's not good. Because offensively, no. Terry, Jahan, Curtis, no. Weren't perfect yesterday at all. Terry and Jahan combined for what? Eight catches? Making sure here. Yeah, Eight catches for 66 yards in the late touchdown to Jahan. Not good enough. Saw Deontay Banks. I don't know if you guys saw it, but he's on Instagram Live. Obviously Washington passed on him in the first round. He went to New York. Later portions of night one in the draft. He was saying, you know, curse words to the commanders. And they passed on me. We beat them twice. And they called them bums. And it's not a great look. And oh, by the way, there was no hot water at FedEx Field for the guys to even shower after the game. I agree with some of you guys, you know, that we're saying they don't deserve to shower after that game. Yeah, absolutely. It's crap. But FedEx Field doesn't even have water. I mean, what the hell is going on? So that's where I'm going to stop for today, guys. It's frustrating, but hopefully we can try to move on to Week 12 and watch this football team against the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving, where you guys hopefully, you know, win, loss, or tie. I will have a podcast out for you guys on Friday. I will have a podcast out for you also on Wednesday, previewing the Dallas Cowboys, their entire offense, their entire defense, what to expect from certain players. And we'll get in to a Thanksgiving matchup in Week 12. So as always, appreciate you guys tuning in. I know it's a frustrating week. It's disappointing. Trying to stay positive as much as I can around certain players. For this franchise, and hopefully we can see a little bit more from Sam moving into Dallas with that national spotlight on his game because he's done a nice job this year. It was just, it was it was a rough day for him yesterday. It was a rough day as a whole. And it's just really, really unfortunate for the outlook of this franchise right now, where there just again is that dark cloud of uncertainty to where you don't know when this team is gonna work back, not just to mediocrity, but above that and trying to fight for a playoff position or fight for a division title. That's what everybody wants. This team last year was thought upon as a team that was a quarterback away and Ron Rivera thought that that quarterback was Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is not here. Taylor Heineke is not here. It's been the Sam Howell show. He's done a fine job. But I cannot say it enough that this defense is just not even giving Washington a chance to play and they might as well not even put their helmets on Every single week, because the 11 guys that are out there specifically in the second and third levels, have absolutely no idea what they're doing, and it starts at the top, and it starts from a scheming perspective as far as where assignments are, who knows what to do on what down, and guys making plays, and I'm just not seeing it at all in any facet. So again, that's gonna do it for today. I'll have a podcast out for you on Wednesday, another podcast out for you guys on Friday, so three podcasts this week as we prep. And, pre- and prep for the Dallas Cowboys, and then we'll recap it, win, loss, or tie following week 12. Again, Washington will visit Dallas on Thanksgiving and then host Miami right after that. So two really just massive matchups. Last week against New York, yesterday, it was huge. It was a must-win in my mind. Now they're 4-7. and seven. Again, 0-4 in the division. Flat-out embarrassing. Hopefully there's some steps forward and potentially some changes made to at least open some eyes within that building and say, look, we're not accepting this. Mediocrity is not acceptable. It's year four. The leash has been shung out long enough. So, again, I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Enjoy your week. Uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday, too. Always time with family. Enjoy that time together. Enjoy the football, turkey, food. Hopefully, maybe take a little bit of a uh, couple drinks, maybe before the game. Get your blood going a little bit and feel more relaxed to watch this team because who the hell knows what to expect, guys, uh, on Thanksgiving. So, again, always appreciate you. We'll talk to you then. I'm Ryan Fowler. and this.